Welcome back to the Thoughtful Dad Podcast, co-hosted by Wesley Schantz and Joe Worthy. We hope you've been enjoying our take on fatherhood and the liberal arts, learning that is appropriate to free time and free people, a perspective universally available now thanks to media, be it YouTube, podcasts, but what do we do with all this stuff? The challenge is using leisure time wisely, finding time for it in the first place. Quiet space, reading and listening as if we were reading a book, though we're probably not, and of seeking wisdom, so difficult to measure, but no harder than being a dad. All right, folks, welcome to the Thoughtful Dad Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Wesley. And we are Thoughtful Dads. Sometimes before we do something, most of the times after. And today, we're going to talk about a few things. Well, and we had to figure this out because there's so much that we could touch on here, but certain things sort of fit together better is what we're finding. So we're thinking our news tonight deals with politics. Everybody loves that. And our central liberal arts piece is going to go to the great artist Jay-Z, married to Beyonce, an even greater artist, and their kids. Oh. And then and then our final teaching leadership lesson asks a question that sort of wraps this all together, I think, about whether it's better to let your kids struggle a little bit and even add to that struggle at times with care uh, and, and good judgment. So, But we should probably start with a little news, a little recap. We're recording this a few days late. And I am partly to blame because we were traveling on our normal recording time. This Saturday, we went to Seattle for a big concert. Have you been to any concerts since COVID, Joe? Have you gone out? No. Well, I've gone out, Wesley, but I haven't been in any concerts. Okay. I think the last concert I went to, well, if the concert at the Pride Festival counts, then I was at a concert this summer. Outdoor concerts totally count. Yeah. Because you're still like surrounded by walls of humans uh, and all their breath and everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's it still freaks me out when I'm around a lot of people outside. But this was indoors. It was in a cathedral. So the ceiling is, you know, very high, mm-hmm. but it's still enclosed. And it was warm uh, in there. And I could feel the heat of those bodies pressed in. Um, All that hot COVID. Hot COVID. <laughs> but the concert was worth it. It, it was nice. a lot. It was a lot of driving. Getting from here to Seattle is a tall order, but we did it. Um, Stephanie's favorite band performed a really good set. They're, they're Cloud Cult, and they are a big, you know, they're a bunch of folk, indie type of, like little hippie, little, little folky, little, yeah, anyway. It was good. And they did a nice shout out actually about one of their songs, which um, they said, you know, people love this song. People request this one. They have, you know, very special memories associated with it. It's the song that we actually took our vows, our wedding vows from. And so it made me feel like on the one hand, oh, we're a little less special. Like they get this all the time. You know, people like this song and (laughs) have made it a part of their lives in this way. But on the other hand, it was like, this is like a quasi-religious experience for, especially for her, I think, for Steph. Nice. Um, you know, it is literally in a church, but even more so just like this band and what it's meant to her over the years. Since I've known her, this has been her favorite band. So, and, you know, she hasn't been able to see them in concert for years uh, at right. this point. 
so that was huge. And William went too. And William did pretty good. We had to like bribe him a little bit with some chewy candies. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, he was like listening and he did a little dancing uh, and had a great time. Uh, yeah, it was it was wonderful. So that's that's news on this side up here. Down there, it looks looks a little hot. Looks like a little a little humid. It's hot. <laughs> is and, and you were you were working on the foundation of your mom's house is that what you yeah. said yesterday okay yeah so me and shelly went over to my mom's me shelly and kj um to help oh, fix crew. part of her garage foundation um we got started so we got part of the garage jacked up got some of the wall out and just did an assessment of like everything that we're gonna, that we're gonna have to do so that was great. My mom loved it. And actually, I used that time to give Mel some me time. So I took Shelly and I took KJ and I took the three big dogs. So if you don't know, I have five dogs, but two are Dobermans and one's a German Shepherd. And so I just took them with me because my mom has a lot of space. Yeah. Just let them run around and help you watch the kids yeah keep, they do keep, keep an eye on everybody yeah. they keep them in line yeah. and uh my other nephew was there so he and shelly were able to play together and then everyone else was able to focus on the garage i did lose track of shelly one time grandpa rich or potsy if you're listening you are to blame for this i was <laughs> looking around like where's shelly i'm like hi where's shelly And he's like, she's in the car. And what she loves to do now is she goes into the car. Like, you can't even put her, like, you have to wrestle her into her car seat. Oh, no. She usually, like, climbs into the car and she would get into the the car seat. Not good enough anymore. Ever since Potsy let her drive the truck on the farm in California. <laughs> she climbs up into the car, goes straight out to the front seat <laughs> and gets in the front. It's like, I'm driving. I'm like, yep. you're not. She's like, I am driving. You're not. So I go to the car and where Shelly after like five seconds of panic, she's sitting in the front seat. <laughs> Is she like Acting down like trying to like driving. push the pedals? <laughs> yeah. Like, how does this, no, this does something. Yeah. So that was a weekend. We didn't get everything done, but we got information. And now it's just about staging and getting it done, rebuilding part of the garage. Sounds harder than it is. It's really just like studs and nails when you when it all comes down to it. And then making sure that we grade the back of the house the right way. You've been in the you've been to my mom's house before. Yeah. She has all these plants and stuff in the back. And she's a huge gardening. And also you need to make sure that like while you're gardening, the house is graded away from the foundation. Yeah. And there's just some stuff that we need to just handle there. Nothing crazy. Just, you know, some stuff. That sounds like a good family outing. It's great. A good time for grandma to spend with the kids. She loved it. So we had to go to Home Depot and I always bring my dogs to depot because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just good for them, right? I mean, that's a people. fun store for anybody. It's a fun store for them. Yeah. So I'm getting the dogs out of the car. So I make them wait one at a time. You know, they get out, one lays down. I get the other one ready, one lays down, so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm done getting the dogs out. 
my mom and Shelly are gone. And <laughs> I get to the store and Shelly's talked her into buying her all this stuff. She's got Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> this one little egg thing that she loves to get from Home Depot whenever she's there. And yep. yeah, so Shelly had a great time. She got well, hopped up on a lot of sugar. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she's probably too young at this point for you to know the answer to this one, but I was going to ask, how how do your politics compare across generations in the worthy household right right about now like between you and your mom at least but then what do you think shelly's politics are shaping up to be at this point what do i think shelly's politics are shaping up to be well if i sounds like a little libertarian over there (laughs) drive without a license i don't know like i feel like the way that i'm trying to raise shelly and of course shelly gets a vote she gets most of the votes, right? Um, <laughs> is for her to uh, be able to do anything that she wants to do and however she wants to do it. So I don't know how her politics are shaping up, but I do know that uh, autonomy and control over herself is a big deal for her. Um, and it's because whenever... Like when it comes to like touching her, right? If she like, unless it's like an emergency and her like her safety's at risk, if she says no, then dad stops, you know. Um, and I give her that ability. Um, and that's interesting as a dad, you know, seeing that she appreciates that autonomy. Funny you should mention that, Wesley, <laughs> because some other news. All right, so we have a story. From boingboing.net, the GOP loses the support of, quote, dads as their daughter's rights come under fire. So in this story, the story was on MSNBC's Morning Joe. And in a key generic congressional ballot poll, uh, there was a four-point differential from men moving from the right to the left or from Republicans to Democrats. And among dads, there was a 28-point swing. So the idea is that because of the um, Supreme Court uh, striking down Roe v. Wade, that all these dads are flooding over to the left because they want their daughters to be able to have some autonomy over their body. So what do you think about this, Wes? I am shocked and surprised by this. I wouldn't have thought that anything at this point could change people's minds about mm. their political leanings. It seemed like all of the uh, decisions had been made and everyone was just in opposing camps and they were not going to budge one way or the other for any read. But, whoa, turns out people do actually change their opinions about some once in a while. And in this case... Uh, that seems like the right analysis. I don't know, because we don't know where exactly this data is coming from or what the immediate context might be for that place or, or wherever it is. I think we're left to basically just, like you said, take this to show that people are responding to the biggest news around women and families and maybe around, you know, People are thinking this is this is the first in in several or many such cases where rights that have been established 
are potentially going to rescinded, right? Taken away. From. I think it's pretty wild. And I will point out that I love the irony here of the fact that this is a Fox News poll that is right. <laughs> reported by MSNBC, mm-hmm. Joe. And <laughs> then it's also being like yet another step of shared, I don't know what you would call it, on this other website, which has some commentary around it too. But uh, what do you right. think? Yeah. Well, the Roe v. Wade decision was a huge decision. Like no one thought in a million years that this would be overturned, yet here we are. Um, It's so big, in fact, that I think it was like two or three months before the decision even came out, one of the clerks leaked the decision early. Do you remember that? that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, it just goes to show how big of a decision is. And I think, you know, in some ways it says something about, you know, the politics in this country, like the people on the right have been like, going at this for so long and other polls have said consistently that like either people don't care or they want to give women the right to choose and still they they kept up this drumbeat and they tried to stack the supreme court with people specifically for this issue and they got what they wanted and it looks like they're going to get the consequences of that so i mean there's this poem I recite often, it's called if, and basically what it says is when you, or if you meet with triumph and disaster, treat both imposters the same. So, you know, this is a triumph for them, I guess, initially, but, you know, treat both imposters the same. Now there's a 28 point swing in some key congressional districts. And I imagine these districts are districts that are and contention. That's what makes them key, right? Because if they were like to the point where the 28 points didn't matter, then there's no point of really doing it. So, you know, I think it's like really interesting. So, well, I was going to ask about the, uh, the long-term effects this might have, right? Do you, how, how, how seriously do you take the warnings that this is the first of many rights uh, that are going to be kind of falling like dominoes uh, because the decision basic calling into question a lot of pretty established um, judicial, what do you call it? It's not policy. Norms? Maybe, yeah. Well, so like having stuff leak, right? That's definitely challenging. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, precedent is a word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Normally, once decided, it stays that way and their case is going to go along with it. But in this case, they're going back, they're rewriting something. That doesn't happen that often. And I think that that calls into question, you know, people's trust the court, the way that, you, like you said, these justices like went through their whole process, appointed and swore up and down that they were not going to do this. And then they yeah. went ahead and did it anyway. That that seems like, there seems like there's very big repercussions coming out of this. And the short term swing is one thing, right? And this round of elections is one thing, but it seems like there's very long effects. That, so yeah, what are the Republicans? What, uh, what are they going to do to bounce back from this? if if history is any indicator, they're not going to try to bounce back from anything. <laughs> double down. They're, they're going to double the down. Other four on the yep. yeah. And they're going to try to get, you know, more things done. So, you know, it, 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 democracy is a very interesting thing. And if you don't know this about me, I am a community organizer by trade. 
So I've cut my teeth at the beginning of my career doing some community organizing. And one of the biggest lessons that I've learned, especially, you know, like in politics, is that there's no such thing as like settled law, settled norms. There are people on all sides constantly trying to make the world into how they think it should be. And it really is a matter of, are you organized enough? Are you aware enough? Is it urgent enough for you to do something about it? And so while initially I'm like, wow, that just happened. Am I surprised? No. Like we've seen this coming for, well, I have seen this coming for a very long time. And, you know, whether or not, you know, the right doubles downs or tries or tries to fall back, it really is a matter of whether or not people are going to step up for, you know, what they think is right and try to change those things. That's really where it sits. And I could speak to this personally, like, I don't know, you don't have a school age kid, but I do. And at the beginning of the year of the it wasn't this school year, but last school year, there was all this commotion around whether or not the kids were going to wear masks. And I think it really spoke to like how being a father or a parent to another kid makes you pay attention to certain things, right? And I think this is right in line with this story because there were big discussions at every local school board around whether or not the children were going to wear masks. And there was a group of people you know, a lot like the group of people that showed up to make sure these justices got on the court and <laughs> these things happened. But they were showing up at every single school board meeting. And I mean, frankly, when you when you saw it, they were scaring the hell out of the school board members. <laughs> like they didn't know oh, what yeah. to do. Yeah. They, they, and you've, you got to imagine that's a tough position to be in someone sitting on a school board, no one ever comes to the meetings. And then all of a sudden <laughs> it's just packed to the walls every single time you have the school board. So anyway, long story short, you see these people going from school board meeting to school board meeting to school board meeting and fighting for what they want, a no mask policy in the school. You know, Meanwhile, and I mean, let's just say those people were on the quote unquote right, right? And meanwhile, People on the left were kind of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what we, what we do. At least that's what it seemed like. Yeah. And so what ended up happening is that I was talking. Well, I'm a organizer. I've been an organizer for a long time. I know how to, you know, make the best out of a political situation. Uh, what ended up happening was, and I don't know if I ever told you the story, Wesley. You know, I talked to these group of moms, and I said, you could beat these people, but there's a certain way that you have to do it. You know, there's a way that you can take nonviolent action to cool this off and make sure you get the policy that you. Want. And so we went through this, you know, like really short process, like a really quick call. And these moms were like on fire and they were very good. And, you know, all I had to do was sort of like say, you should maybe think about this. You should think about this or you should maybe try this and you can beat these people. So what we ended up doing was going to one of these school board meetings and holding sort of like a, a counter protest to what they were doing. And they they basically got organized. They got really well organized. They chose a slogan. The slogan was keep schools open. 
who can disagree with that, right? Mm-hmm. They came in the meeting with masks on that had keep schools open written on it. And I'm <laughs> telling you, these moms were up all night doing these masks, you awesome. know, and they came in with a message that we're a community and that we take care of each other. And the best way to take care of each other is to make sure that we keep the schools open. And the best way that's been proven to keep the schools open is if we put our kids in masks. And so they lined up, they got in line first, more or less had a monopoly on the whole meeting with that message, but they did something else. They went in there in uniform, sat down, and they more or less had a silent protest. So you've got all these group of people in these masks and you can see like, oh, they're all working together. And then once these people start yelling stuff, they just sat there and they didn't say anything. And then they look over at them and they're ex- expecting some like reciprocity and they're not getting it. And it just took the wind out of their sails. And awesome. so the whole meeting was just completely quiet with all these moms and dads coming up you know, saying we're a community, we need to stick together and we need to be safe. And they got their mask policy. And guess who didn't show up to any other local school board meetings? These people. So normally I don't get involved in certain things, but one of the things that I knew is that, well, my kid goes to school locally. And if most of the kids aren't protecting themselves or being safe, then he'll probably end up getting sick then Mel will probably end up getting sick and Shelly will end up getting sick and I will end up getting sick. So I think it's important to engage in this to make sure that, you know, no one gets sick. And that's why, that's why I did it. So, you know, I can see very clearly why, you know, these dads are, are making a turn because they probably have daughters at home and something the thing about two is, is, I mean, it takes two to tango, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's not just about whether or not the woman has the right to choose, you know, but, you know, some, sometimes I imagine if you, if you have sort of any kids, you, maybe they just want all options on the table. You know what I mean? And that could be um, something that they're thinking about. That's so get, like, when, as you're telling that story, it strikes me that you mentioned the moms who are the more active member of the family around school yeah. in that example and in this example they don't they don't talk about that maybe it's because it's too obvious i'm not sure yeah. that of course moms are getting upset but that like you're saying this like chain reaction is taking place where people who are not directly affected depending on their profession or depending on their other things right a general population of men and dads that are being impacted in their political beliefs because of something kind of bubbling up around them. And so as I'm thinking back to my question, you know, my surprise about this, how can you get someone to ever change their mind about politics? Things have got so, uh, it seems like that's kind of an interesting data point to look at, right? It's if you can get the people right around them, their immediate circle, their spouse, kid on that level, intimacy, get those people's attention, then affect everybody. Um, and I love the the school board example. Like, can you think of an example here for what the response might look like at this point? It really about going the level of the court and test cases like that to kind of really see like are they, are they actually able to wipe this away and not have the the various kind of unforeseen problems that are going to arise from that. 
is it I mean, this poll is is seems like is me about just like general party affiliate voting people into congress whatever or is there other kind of direct action expect take to kind of show how they're feeling about this yeah i definitely think well okay let me put it this way the the personal is political so all of the if you're a politician worth their salt you're thinking about the conversations that people are having around their dinner table, their breakfast table, at the barbecue, um, things like that. Those are the things that really matter to people. That is where you really get an idea of how you can change someone's mind or introduce a new idea into their life. When we look at the Supreme Court or any change through law for that matter, it can be very effective. But it cuts both ways, just like anything else. And um, a legal battle isn't the most galvanizing thing <laughs> that, that I can think of. You know, I mean, they don't even let cameras in the Supreme Court. Like all you see is these like sketches and you can hear the recordings, of course, but, you know, that's about you can, about all you can get. I think, you know, if you're political and you're listening, the right approach is through the legislature, maybe through um, um, an amendment or something like that. Because, you know, the Supreme Court is basically about how this group of people are interpreting the laws that are already on the books, right? Then, of course, you can just go and change the laws that are on the books. <laughs> and there's nothing to interpret if the law says that you can do this, period. But then we'll get into another issue of states' rights. So do this, does the state have the right to say that we can have this law, you know, and you can't tell us what to do? Then you go deeper into the situation where you're talking about an actual constitutional amendment to this situation. And, you know, frankly, I think that's probably the only way to really guarantee, you know, super long term that this thing is, is going to happen. So, you know, I would say going through the courts, trying to get back into the Supreme Court, you're not probably not going to have much luck with this group. You know, going to the legislature, you know, that could change. Well, yeah, going through, you know, like the normal majority vote process, you know, that can change with the wind. Who knows? Building the critical mass for a constitutional amendment. I think that's probably where you get the most bang for your buck but all of this stuff is really hard to do yeah so yeah. it's a lot of time to yeah and as jay-z <laughs> yeah. time is all you right so we've got this i i guess i can sort of follow the line of thing mm -hmm. um the article kind of jumps around a little bit as fatherhood practically everything rare comment time is you have revealed that he loves his kids more than anything in the world of kevin so you watch this i have not seen yep but again we and... have a report on a report that i happen to have a quote from him you know it's very interesting so he says time is all you have that's the only thing we control it's how you spend your time you're reckless with your time before you're just all over the place. And then you have to, what are you leaving the house for? Every second you spend, you're spending away from the development of these people that you brought here that you love more than anything. So, you know, I thought it was quite interesting because, you know, it's interesting because we talk about people with kids all the time, you know, we quote unquote, we talk about people with kids all the time and the amount of time they have to spend on them. 
But then, you know, the other half of it is the time that you have to spend working, the time that you spend doing other things, how much you have to work and all these things. And, you know, it's interesting. I really didn't start thinking about my time that much until kids came into the picture, you know, and you really start to question, is this worth my time or do I want to spend my time with my kids? Because, you know, it really resonated with me because it's like every second you spend away from them, you're missing some developmental milestones. Like, so I'll go on a work trip and I'll come back and Shelly's saying a new word or has a different attitude. And especially at like that toddler stage, they're changing daily. And if you leave for just like a week and you come back, the jump, because you just weren't there to see it incrementally, is so huge. Right. So it's, it's um, like those videos of like plants growing bed up and you, yeah. yeah. And we have like a, a pumpkin in the backyard right now that our neighbors are growing for William so that it'll be ready for October. They put this tendril of the pumpkin plant through the fence so that it's growing <laughs> on our side of the fence. And it's like yes. every day you go out there, you see like a new flower, a new like little squash has appeared. Like, and so mm-hmm. that's, it's like a perfect mirror image of him. Cause yeah, every day he's got new little quirks, uh, demands and, and we threw the ball back and he caught it like 10 times. And <gasps> did he never have so stuff, nice stuff is progressing. And, and I think the chain that you're describing is something like, you know, the way that kids imprint the parent, right? Like small or whatever, mm-hmm. even this person fix in our mind uh, as the, that's, that's mom, that's dad, right? Mm-hmm. I think that it happens the other and they completely interrupt, blow up, dismantle everything going on. And then you have to rebuild it center that is dominate your time, nothing else. That's where I think you get that wrecking. I have only so much time. Can I justify putting it somewhere else? I think you're remarkable. I don't know that this is this like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like of course he's he's major celebrity has a pretty interesting family, but but still like if so I guess the the upshot of it is like if even somebody that famous, right, that talent mm-hmm. with that many possibilities for what he his time if it right, he still doesn't matter. They are I guess that's the takeaway. Yeah. And another thing that he says is, well, you know, like, well, he doesn't say this, but I think what we're trying to, what we're trying to get to is like, don't be reckless with your time, Yeah, you know, because you want to make sure, like, obviously we all need downtime, but like, you know, going out and just like being away just to be away. I think oftentimes, you know, like that is what, that's a bad rap that dads get. You know, like they're just trying to get away from the kids the whole time. And I can tell you, like, from my own personal experience, not me, but seeing other dads, like, I don't think any dad (laughs) really is trying to just like escape their children. You know, I think what's more, probably what's more accurate is that there is um, maybe some small sense of inadequacy that they can't like engage fully in a real way. And so rather than sit there and feel inadequate, you know, they decide to do something else with their time. And so I think like if, you know, well, we can't tell society what to do, but like if, if dad's, you know, like space in the home was more than just like, oh, like, you know, I provide and I do discipline, like we were talking about in previous episodes and, you know, we brought up our boys to actually be nurturing people, 
then there wouldn't be that big inadequacy there. So I, <laughs> that's where I think it mainly comes. But then, uh, then also, Wesley, I think there needs to be a balance, right? Like our children are our children, but we also have partners and we also have friends. And those children are going to grow up and go off one day. There's this uh, movie that just came out on Netflix called Me Time. Have you watched it? We should break down this movie in another episode. But it's, oh, it has Kevin Hart in it. And in the movie, he's a stay-at-home dad. And he devotes like literally like everything to his kids, Um, you know, like too much, right? And there's this crossing guard called crossing guard Lenore. And so they tell the story about crossing guard Lenore and then like she was the PTO president and she ran the talent show. And then eventually her kids left her and the crossing guard isn't actually a real position, but like she just showed up in her yellow vest one day because that's all she knew. (laughs) Uh, You know, and I think the point is, is that like there needs to be a balance, right? Like when I'm, I, I feel like when I spend time away from my kids, it's about, you know, recharging myself, making myself better, making myself healthier in some ways. Um, and not everything like has to be like on a schedule, but you know, Shelly can't walk the dogs three miles. So, so she doesn't come, you know, and <laughs> you know, the dogs are getting their energy out, you know, and I'm staying healthy. You know, that's time well spent. <laughs> so, yeah. and like you're saying about being able to provide that emotional connection, that does take a special kind of energy that maybe don't have as much you know, stamina uh, that, as as we could from just not having practice to build that up. I think that's part of what you're doing time uh, with kids, right? But it's it's tiring. So yeah, you have to charge. So really tired. <laughs> <laughs> provide that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the um. So the other piece of the story, I guess, is that they're like they're joining words up with a like a few examples of the ways he spends time. Kids, especially uh, the uh, they're like at the basketball game together, uh, and like of course they're like courtside in matching outfits. They're up right, and then they're up on the so like going when the kid is old or to the extent that something that bringing them out to taking them with you replenish the sense that you just spending time together without it being a big effort. I, I very much that yeah. kind of time. It's tiring. Yeah. Right now it's just stop throwing that. Shelly started throwing things. So uh-huh. she's like, oh, this, this just setting things to the side is for the birds. <laughs> you get so much more attention. You do. You do. I think it's partially because I've been working on the porch. So, right. you know, she's like, I'm just going to throw stuff. So he's come out. Pick it up. <laughs> I know you've been busy this past week, but last time you had a big event that was taking up a bunch of your time, you got figured out some of the kids involved in. And I think that's kind of along the lines of what to talk about today as far as leadership goes, but maybe it's a little bit different. You've got this idea um, you don't want to make the time, right? They have to be difficult. And sometimes those occur naturally, right? Those are great examples. Um, those are things just don't struggles involved for the kids and some struggles involved for you right. guys kind of negotiate that but then for other situations if you're seeing that your kids are having anything it sounds like you will stack some things on top of that to try to make it a little bit artificially more difficult a bit about that why well 
it's not that I will, well, the question is, I guess, like, <laughs> should, should we be doing that? Yeah. But like, it's not that like, if I see, you know, like KJ dribbling the ball, fine. I'll come and like smack it out of his hand. <laughs> but he's <laughs> calm down, Wesley. Well, and then, <laughs> you know, if he's like beating everyone in races, then you'll jump in the race. Well, I won't do it so that he won't win. I'll do uh, it so that he knows that I'm still the fastest man in the lane. Okay. Just um, learning experience. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, you have to like, like there's going to be a day where he's going to be able to beat me in a race, but I will not race him. As soon as he gets close enough that I feel the pressure, I'll never race him again. So uh, like, to be clear, he will never beat me in a race. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's what's going to, that's what's going to happen. So, but no, like, I think that there are certain things that children should have to learn like growing up, you know, like we've talked about this before, the three transformations of the spirit, right? When you're young, you're a camel. The load gets loaded onto the camel. The camel goes out into the wilderness and comes out a lion. The heavier the load, the stronger the lion. And the stronger the lion, the stronger or the better the lion will be able to be able to slay all of the thou shouts in the world this idea that you have to do this you have to do this you have to do that and eventually you'll be able to make your own way in the world on your own terms and i think that's critically important and there are some ways that you know some people are just through the lot of birth um born with a load a little heavier than others in our case we're we were in a situation where you know KJ and the other kids specifically thinking that just like anything they wanted that they could they could get. So what's the lesson in just getting whatever you want in your life? You're just going to be able to get whatever you want in your life. So to uh, stack some difficulty on that, as you would say, Wesley, we implemented a chore chart, okay. and there are chores on the refrigerator. If you do those chores. You know, it's probably going to go up because he's getting older, but like more or less, like if you do those chores, you get $10 at the end of the week, right? And you can't just take that $10 to the candy store. You have to, um, you have to save some of it and you have to give some of it away. Give it to your cousin. You can give it to a local animal shelter. And then there's some that you can spend. And if they want something like a big gift or not a big gift, because it'd be something that they could buy on their own. If they wanted something that's pretty big, they can save up their money and they can go get that thing. And I think that's like a, a critically important lesson, you know, that that you should learn that like you work for something and you earn something. And then out of those earnings, you can go off and get something. So like in that sense, it's definitely like a manufactured hardship for them. But in other ways, it's not about, it's maybe not about making it harder, but like trying not to make it so easy. Yeah. Like for example, when Shelly was, she probably just started walking. 
she's she was one and there was this little like maybe four inch trench around our patio that we dug out to help with drainage i still need to put a pipe and some gravel in there by the way but but you know oh, it's <laughs> more or like less a moat like a yeah <laughs> yeah <Okay. laughs> and you know shelly just started walking and she gets to the little trench and she stops you know she wants to get to the playground and she looks at me and i look at her and she's you know she's she's looking at me like are you gonna help me get over this trench and i'm like nope i'm not <laughs> you know so she stands there and it's like i mean I, you know i guess you don't want to go to the playground that bad turns out she did she bent down on her knees went over it and got to the playground right oh. like stuff like that like i think from an early age if you recognize and you honor like they're difficultly liable and you push them to to get to the next level i think that's critically important the next example is when shelly was climbing this little rock wall we have you know it was to the point where she has all the motor skills to do it it's just like you just got to do this you know so like she would stop in the middle and she'd be like, help. I'm like, no, Shelly, you can do it. You can do it. You know? And she's like, help. I'm like, no, you can do it. You know? So she's sitting there hanging on the rock wall. And then she climbs up to the top. And she says, okay. I did it. I'm like, yeah, you did it. You know? And I think it was important for her to know that she can do that thing. I knew, like, what she was capable of. And so I wasn't going to make it easy on her. Right? Because... You know, if I help her up there, one, I got to help her up there every time. That's no fun. <laughs> but the two, <laughs> she's not able to understand her own abilities, her own ability to bust through her own perceived limitations and get to where she wants to be in life. You know, and I think these lessons start like very young. I would say even from maybe like six months, I've challenged Shelly to do things. And I mean, she more or less meets the challenge every time. Like just so one way is by just not do, and that's right. one that it's pretty hard to not do your kids, especially when showing they want you. But again, it's like a short term, long term kind of like if you want to think about it of helping. I'm helping right now, but I'm not helping down the right. They're right. they're not growing much as so. I I I think about it that way sometimes, but also uh with a lot of things making the process a little bit slower. Like making you accomplish is much like you're just much more beneficial for me personal because then <laughs> that kid is occupied and I don't have to end that much. Um, <laughs> I don't have to go over there and help him up or down or over whatever it is. Mm -hmm. right? Slowly getting there and even like unwrapping for little things like tiny little things like that. He can just really impatient and it's so tempting. It's like so hard to watch him just like struggle with this. Thing. Oh my Lord. That's <laughs> like, the worst. Okay, let, me, let me just get that for you. Yeah. Let me... <laughs> you, have, yeah. you have to hear that voice coming out your mouth and, and squash it. They know yeah. I will not just help you with that. We'll watch you know messily crumble up the wrapper and good. Yeah. Now you're eating it longer and slower and better. Cause quiet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But there definitely is a downside. Like, you know, Shelly loves to climb up into the truck and into her high chair or not her high chair, but her car seat by herself all the time. We don't always have time. Well, that's not true. We always have time. I don't always want to take the time. <laughs> yeah. 
to let her climb up in there, right? And she knows because she's it's like a battle between me and her. Like, am I gonna get put in or am I gonna climb in? Slow (laughs) can I climb the car yeah i know that move i definitely yeah. know that let me like so, stop right before i start climbing into yeah. the car and look at what's down in the gutter <laughs> right in front of the car door because there might be something good down there i'm just gonna get that for... okay maybe oh. i'll like lift one leg up but now i'm gonna put it back down and lift the other leg <laughs> yeah and it's just like it's like we try to box each other out as soon as the door opens <laughs> you know but you know sometimes i just like all right just get climb up there you know, go ahead. And like, she's like, we, she gets up there, but you know, like if I put her up there sometimes and I put her in the car seat, it just ruins the entire car ride. Yeah. She doesn't want to talk. She, she doesn't want to listen to songs. She's going to sit there and mope. And so it's always worth the time to, to do it. But sometimes just like, I'm just like, come on, let me just get you up there. <laughs> so one trick I've learned, if she has a piece of candy or a popsicle in her hand, She'll let me put her up there because she just wants to focus on that. But then also sometimes when she climbs up there, she beelines it for the driver's seat. So she has <laughs> a jump over saying she's driving today. So uh, so wait, she has a little car of her own. You still like the little- Which car? The It's like her own little car that she's a driver. Yeah, she's got she's got a John Deere tractor, actually, that she did like to drive around until her older cousins came over and put it on level two. And then one time she got on there and she started driving off like a bed out of hell. And she was like, Oh, oh no, <laughs> get me it off of this fast. thing. <laughs> yeah. It was too fast. Bad. So now she prefers to just ride alongside someone. So if her cousin Kai comes over, you know, he'll hop in, one of the cars and she'll just hop in beside him she prefers that so yeah, she knows well, that one moves slow i think that like the imitation is such a strong in that if you can like yeah give them their own version of whatever that is either a little too difficult for them or just very inconvenient always take, if they have their own as long as it's like real enough that it uh, satisfies them mm-hmm. that can so yeah so for it's always food, yes, but like whenever we get some that's out, like takeout food, he is not content to just like have some put on for him. He has to have a container just like everyone else's takeout <laughs> yeah. container, right? So, yeah. and it becomes this like enormous battle to try to get him care about the food itself and not just yeah. the way that. So that, I mean, you have to like basically allow there to be some um, like play acting, right? Obviously, you're not going to eat a whole order, but we will. We will pretend that yours yeah. is exactly like ever going to look mm-hmm. the same. And so that's an area where it's like, I guess we kind of like split the, you're not going to like have a battle, but you're also not going to let him waste a bunch. So finding that, that way to let them imitate and imagine that. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things I think too about like creating hardships for your children is that it can also be sort of this like rite of passage. So, you know, we're living in the family home that's been passed down generation. And just about every cousin that I have has a story about some work that they had to do around the property when we were younger. And, you know, I think it's important for, you know, the kids that are living here now to experience some of those things, though, like they may not have to. So like, I'll give you an example. Like I put a mulcher on our lawn tractor 
so that we don't have to pick up, rake up the grass. And then also it serves as a mulcher for the leaves when the leaves fall. Um, so they just go into the, into the lawn and they fertilize the soil. However, when I was growing up and when I would come here in the fall, I knew that me and my two other cousins, Kevin and Kenneth, were going to have to rake an acre and a half of leaves, right? And it took forever to do. It was so horrible. Sometimes it'd be cold and wet, but my grandmother, when those leaves raked, she wanted them bagged and she wanted them put off to the side. Like that's like a half day's work easy, even with three of us, you know, or like weeding the garden bed. Oh, the worst, like two huge. There's actually, there's two now before there were five. So I put grass on some of the other ones. You but, had enough but, of weeding. Yeah. yeah. But weeding those beds, you know, but like, being able to share with another generation, like how you experience that same thing, you know, the same trees are here, the same leaves fall every year, you know, being able to share that experience is important. So every once in a while, I'll just have KJ and his cousins go rake the leaves, you know, yeah, rake those leaves up for me. I want to, I want to compost them. Not at all. What I want to do is just like, I want them to have that experience, but one thing to keep in mind with this idea of like trying to manufacture hardships, you don't want it to become traumatic, right? Like you don't want it to be a source of trauma. <laughs> Where the kid is so scared that they're yeah. going to drive off too fast that they never right. want to drive their little car again. That's exactly. Good. Right. You don't want it to be a source of trauma. So like I'll just a quick example. I was in Santa Cruz, California one time and I was on their campus. And I met with this one woman who was in charge of the community garden. And they had this, this program that she was telling me about where the kids would come and help harvest some of the stuff. Well, it being California, some of those kids had trauma responses to this idea of harvesting things, you know, some of them maybe had to help their parents out with harvest. And so it's not like you know, like these kids are coming from the suburbs. They've never seen a farm. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'll pick some strawberries. For some kids, that's a that's a trauma response because it's maybe how they had to spend a lot of their time. And so when barriers are put up for the children, it should be about them learning what they're capable of versus them having to suffer like you suffered, right? So if we're talking about like Rick, you know, we have a conversation. What's the process that we're doing here? Like, how are we going to get this done? You know, there's some reward at the end generally, you know, like I made some apple cider donuts, you know, that we fried up and, you know, had at the end, you know, like, so it always should be paired with some type of like, I don't know, like warm thing that you do at the end, you know, like if, you know, like I have my nephews help me like on a really big project, you know, we'll go get their favorite fast food, get some sodas, you know, sit out in the yard and eat that and they can get something else. You know what I mean? But we close it with like community and fellowship and stuff like that. Don't just kick them off. Like, hope you learn something. 
You know what I mean? (laughs) It's about creating the conditions for it to be a valuable experience for the kid. Absent of that, you know, you're just piling on trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and that doesn't really help. So make sure you pair it with some sort of closing of, you know, this is how we, this is what we accomplished. This is, this is a good job, a good thing you did today. Yeah, I think that and stuff is pretty universal. And so once the kid is like a little bit older and they don't necessarily always want to jump in and help out with stuff, yeah, finding finding ways to make it do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but keeping it short of like yeah, just because I suffered this now you suffer, mm-hmm. or like the hazing that you see at colleges and, <laughs> yeah. and stuff, right? Like oh, you want to be part of our group? Well, there's certain disgust then, right? That that level not good for anyone. That includes the organization itself, right? It's like, right. if what you're doing bring peace, causing them, that's them, <laughs> then, yeah. then your organization made up of hurt people, right? right? So that that kind of thought, not well, yeah. I lately have been really hard to let William get all of his wrestling out at mm-hmm. home. He has taken to headbutting, and it seems like it just has to. I have because headbutting bag. Go and do that a little thing. Uh, <laughs> refrain from headbutting me for about an hour so he's probably headbutting him pretty bad <laughs> a, a week in the making this time right yeah we had a lot of stuff there. going on got there you did it thanks all again. right wes thank you sir everybody out there stay safe don't traumatize your kids <laughs> <laughs> meeting give it meeting not just hard for no reason <laughs> yeah. all right have a good one Tunnel. 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 Tunn